This podcast contains content that may not be suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Previously on Cry in the Moon's Light, the Black Wolf and his pack attacked the village of Marcel. After killing several of the townsfolk, those who remain alive hide in the livery. The pack terrorizes them and lays siege to the entire village. Seth arrives and defeats the pack. Without his pack, William, the Black Wolf, escapes back into the forest. Fearing Milady is no longer safe at the abandoned church, Seth tells her to wait until daylight and meet him near the sea, as he goes back into the woods to find and kill William. Welcome to A Cry in the Moon's Light. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Alan McGill. I'm the author who created this story, and I'll also be your narrator. And now, on with our show. Chapter 12, Always a Monster. I'm not sure how long it took her to tell me all that had happened. The horses had been drinking for a little while. I had been consumed with what she was saying and didn't notice. It was overwhelming. Most everyone knows the werewolf legend. If you're bitten by a werewolf, you become one. And who hasn't heard the story of a silver bullet being the only thing that kills a werewolf? But I never heard of dark silver before. An element so evil that the worst creatures in the world cannot survive. Black magic, werewolves, and William. They were all a lot to take in. As I looked around, the sounds of the night filled the air. There was a symphony of crickets making themselves heard. Frog song joined them which seemed so loud in the silence of the night, each trying to see who could be the loudest. The horses were growing restless. Even their breath seemed loud as they exhaled in large, exaggerated puffs. A few times they would neigh a little, or paw the ground with nervous energy. And just as I was enjoying the night, everything went silent. The crickets stopped chirping and there wasn't a frog to be heard. The horses stopped making noises momentarily as they looked around. As their anxiety grew, they began to snort, and you could see the whites in their eyes. My lady noticed it too. I stepped closer to her as we both looked in the same direction. Peering into the darkened trees, we saw a shadow move between them. For some reason, my lady was not afraid. She took a few short steps toward it. I turned and grabbed the musket from my seat. As the shadow got closer, she took a few more steps in its direction. Whatever it was, it had walked the tree line and onto the road. She started running toward the shadow. It was Seth. He caught her as she jumped into his arms. After a few moments, he led her by the hand back to the carriage. 
He was only wearing a coat and some pants. I could see the tattoos on his chest under his jacket. In the moonlight, the scars were visible behind the ink. He looked at me and then scanned the area. Something, a scent was in the air. We have to go. William is still out there. I lost his trip. Seth never got to finish his sentence. Out of nowhere, a black figure ran straight at us from the other side of the carriage. It hit Seth, knocking him to the ground in a loud thud. The impact was so powerful, my lady fell back a few feet when Seth hit the ground. I was so startled, I fell backwards myself, dropping the musket. And Arca jumped straight up in the air, boxing his front legs. It was the black wolf. He was now standing in front of Seth, between him and the carriage. He turned back to look at me with a snarl. It looked like a smirk with those big teeth. As Seth was picking himself up, the black wolf turned back to him. Seth moved in front of my lady, blocking her from an attack. Her head peered around from behind his arm. Seth took his jacket off and threw it to the side. Every muscle in his body was flexing and ready for combat. Even in human form, he had a massive chest and broad shoulders. The tattoos were impressive in the moon's light as they meandered and weaved all over his upper body. They were a lot easier to see now that the jacket was off and he was in human form. Without turning, Seth reached back and gently pushed my lady further behind. He needed to keep himself between the black wolf and her. But in order to defeat William, he was going to have to become something else. Right in front of my eyes, Seth began the change. What she had described just a short while ago was now happening, and it was ugly. It sounded painful as I could hear him groaning under his breath. Those impressive muscles began to spasm under his skin. They expanded and stretched. Each muscle became larger and more defined, which I did not think was possible. Hair began to cover his entire body. His head changed shape as his ears became longer and started to move to their upper position. He opened his mouth in agony as his teeth grew. The incisors turned into fangs that extended like immense ivory spikes. His muzzle elongated as his eyes receded. Within a matter of seconds, he had the head of a wolf. His eyes glowed that brilliant blue unique to him, their color exaggerated by the moonlight. His right arm curled into a muscle as he lifted a clawed hand to the sky. With a clenched fist raised to the moon, he let out a terrible cry, including the transformation. I couldn't help but marvel at how magnificent he was. The beauty of his color, his perfectly formed muscles, the glow of his blue eyes and the dark ribbons weaving into his fur. It was artwork. I had seen him the first night when he battled the pack, but that was in a much darker part of the forest. The only light we had there were the lamps on the coach. Here, I could truly see his power and beauty. My lady was right behind him. The look on her face said it was the first time she had seen him transform too. She might have been shocked to fear were it not for the black wolf who was truly terrifying. The black wolf was unfazed as his snarl grew larger, slowly showing his teeth as the weapons they were. Saliva dripped from his mouth like venom 
as he could barely wait for the fight to begin. There was so much saliva, two pools formed on the ground right at his feet. The black wolf was just as muscular as Seth. His hackles were on end. They looked like large black spikes fanning out above his neck. Even on all fours, he was just as impressive as Seth. When he moved to circle Seth, I could see the striations in each muscle. He only seemed smaller because of his position lower to the ground. From the look of things, I'd say they were about the same size, evenly matched. The black wolf moved slowly as he attempted to get behind Seth. He was moving methodically, taking his time as he planted each foot. Neither beast wanted to make the first move, both waiting for the other to strike and make a mistake. As the black wolf stepped in front of the horse team, he stopped. He looked back at me again, only this time his eyes looked red. This was a much deeper and more sinister look than the first. Not making a sound, he pivoted on his hind legs and clasped his teeth around Arca's neck in one fluid motion. The horses went wild, each bucking and pulling to break free. The beast's long fangs sunk deep. Bloodshot from Arca as the main artery had been severed. I yelled as I raised the musket, cocked the hammer and fired. The bullet struck the black wolf square in the shoulder. The beast let out a yelp but never let go of Arca. Arca died within moments. His body slumped to the ground, which pinned the rest of the team down with him. The weight of his one-ton body lay atop the harness and reins, which prevented any movement. The black wolf got up and snarled, then let out a hideous cry. His teeth were fully exposed as he showed his displeasure with me. It looked like he was about to leap at me, but Seth took a step which drew his attention. He snapped his head back towards Seth and growled even louder. The red in his eyes became more intense. There was a look of destruction set upon his face. This was complete, uncontrollable rage. Seth and the Black Wolf stood there motionless for several seconds, each standing completely still. A loud growl continued from the Black Wolf and kept getting louder with each passing moment. Then, both creatures sprung into the air. Their bodies came together with a loud boom in midair, chest thumping together as their arms grappled. The black wolf bit down on Seth's shoulder as Seth snapped his jaws on the back of the black wolf's neck. Seth's fangs sunk deep into the black wolf's muscle and skin. His clawed hand grasped the wolf in the throat while his other claws dug into its back. Claws that drew into flesh like vice grips going through butter. Tangled together in battle, they fell to the ground hard. The impact caused both creatures to let go and roll apart. They scrambled to their feet and began to circle each other again. Blood was now dripping from their mouths along with saliva. Seth's claws were covered in blood. And while the wound inflicted by the black wolf on his shoulder exposed muscle and flesh, he showed no signs of pain. The black wolf's wounds were deep and punctured blood oozed out of them in a steady stream. Both creatures moved as if they felt nothing, neither showing any weakness, each as determined as ever to kill the other. Just as before, without warning they lunged. This time it was from the ground. 
The black wolf raised on its hind legs and Seth met him in force. Their heads banged together as their teeth clenched and snapped at each other. Seth was leaning into the black wolf with all his strength. The muscles in his thighs were popping as he pushed. His claws dug deep into each side of the black wolf. They pushed the skin, sliding under and into muscle. The black wolf's claws pushed hard against Seth's chest, tearing at the fibers. His head moved frantically, biting, latching on, then letting go, moving as fast as he could to inflict damage in as many places as possible. As they were locked together in a virtual shoving match, my lady made her move, running back to the carriage. She came right beside me. Having reloaded, I raised the musket once again, cocked the hammer as before, and prepared to fire. Now that I knew the secret of Silver, I knew it wouldn't kill him. My musket balls were just lead, but they did hurt. If I got the chance, I was going to shoot the black wolf again. It might be enough of a distraction to help Seth kill him. As they kept pushing, Seth lost a few steps. He was losing his leverage and began to move backward. The black wolf sensed his advantage and gave one large thrust. Seth pivoted to the side and swung his clawed fist directly into the black wolf. The punch landed squarely in the ribcage. There was enough force in the blow to send him flying into the woods. He hit the ground and rolled into a tree. Clearly stunned by the move, the black wolf struggled to his feet, shaking his head violently, trying to regain his composure. Seth stood on the road for a moment, catching his breath his massive chest heaving up and down, taking in air. The black wolf walked up slowly out of the shadowy forest, low to the ground in a crouching position. Seth's muscles twitched as he anticipated the creature's next move. Seth began to take a few steps back, and when he did, the black wolf charged. He slammed into Seth, catching him in a backward motion. This rolled Seth right into the carriage, knocking the wind out of him. Off balance, Seth struggled to his feet. Looking around at the driver's area of the coach, as the black wolf leapt into the air, Seth reached up and grabbed the wooden brake. He ripped it from the carriage. And as the black wolf's leap was arcing down, Seth jammed the stick into his side. A roar filled the air as the black wolf was struck. Seth used his leverage to tumble him to the side. What would have killed any other animal only enraged the black wolf. He quickly got to his feet and grabbed the wooden spike with his teeth, yanking it out of his side. Blood squirted out when the spike was pulled. Within seconds, the wound had closed. The Black Wolf's healing power at work. Without hesitation, the Black Wolf resumed the attack. Moving in on Seth, snapping and biting in a frenzied assault. Seth kept retreating, swatting the Black Wolf's muzzle away with each attempted bite. My lady and I fled from behind Seth. Moving away from the carriage and into the forest, we crouched behind some trees where we watched as the battle continued. The longer it went on, the more enraged the black wolf became, the more intense his assault. Frustrated with his frenzied attack not working, the black wolf leaned back preparing for another jump. As he leapt forward, Seth reached up and grabbed the top rail of the coach to swing himself up. This caused the black wolf to miss and land behind him. Seth scrambled to the front of the carriage to avoid the snapping jaws. When he was clear, he turned and jumped into the air toward the black wolf. As they collided, 
They rolled off the top of the carriage, hitting the ground with Seth landing on top. The Black Wolf used his legs to kick Seth in the midsection. The thrust sent Seth flying. He landed a few feet back, which allowed the Black Wolf to charge again. Stronger than before, and with more force, the Black Wolf slammed into Seth. This knocked Seth into the trees that we were hiding behind. The impact shook the trees violently and dazed him, making him motionless for a few seconds. The battle was coming to an end. The Black Wolf was too much for him. Seth was losing strength. With each offensive attack the Black Wolf made, Seth would lose more ground or become more injured. The Black Wolf charged one last time, ramming his head into Seth's chest and pinning him against the oak tree. Only this time, the Black Wolf didn't back away. The Black Wolf could sense the victory. He was savoring the moment. As Seth leaned against the tree, exhausted and defeated, the Black Wolf moved within inches of his face. With a menacing snarl, he was taunting Seth. He wanted Seth to know he was about to die. His victory was all but assured. The sound of tearing flesh echoed in the night. You could hear bones breaking and blood spurting. My lady had stepped around the tree and thrust the dagger into the Black Wolf's heart. There was a look of shock on his face. His mouth gaped open and his eyes went wide. Without so much as a whimper, the Black Wolf slinked to the ground. His body lay motionless as the air left his lungs. The dagger of dark silver was sticking out of his chest. The Black Wolf lifted his head and took a last look at my lady. She watched his gruesome transformation back to a man. The red glow in his eyes began to fade as the effects of the dark silver took hold. Suddenly, the Black Wolf's body began to shake violently. The ears receded along with the snout. The paws drew back into arms and hands. The tail disappeared and the teeth returned to normal. Then the fur sunk back to reveal the hairless skin of a human. All that remained was the body of a naked man. The fight wounds were there, gaping and blood-soaked. As I walked up, I could see it was William. The look of disbelief still on his face. Seth reached down and pulled a dagger from William's chest. As he stood there holding the blood-dripping knife, he began to change too. It started with his ears, muzzle and teeth all going back to normal. His eyes losing their glow and the fur pulled back. My lady held on to him as he returned to a man. She tucked under his arm and stood with him as they stared at William's naked body. Seth looked at me and then back at the knife. Dark silver, he said with a slight smile. I looked back at the carriage where the lifeless body of Arca lay. My heart was broken. I walked over to him and stroked his mane, but there would be no time to mourn him now. Seth was putting on his coat when some loud sounds were coming through the forest. Down the road we could hear thundering hooves and see the slight glow of torches getting closer and closer. It could be the townsfolk from Marcel. Barkslow hadn't been around for a while, 
so maybe it was him. Then there was this bad feeling in the pit of my stomach. It could be the Hessians. No matter who it was, it wasn't going to be good. None of them would like finding William's naked corpse on the side of the road. Barkslow knew the truth, but he was sent out to bring William back. And the townsfolk of Marcel weren't going to believe the prince of these lands was some type of killer black wolf. With Arca's body lying on the harness and reins, I couldn't move the team yet. The horses had struggled to get clear of the battle and couldn't. There was just too much weight. I ran to the rear of the coach looking down the road. Go! Run up ahead! Unhook Killian! He's a good horse! Get to Port Calibre! I'll stall them! Try to buy you enough time to get there and hide! I yelled. Seth and Milady moved toward me. No. How are you going to explain this? She pleaded. I'll be fine. They'll never believe I killed him. But if you are here, looking the way you do, I said. It's still William. They aren't going to like it, Seth said. I'll be fine. Go. Before someone spots you. Go, I said. My lady walked over and kissed my cheek softly. Both her and Seth were hesitant to leave me, but they turned and ran to Killian. Seth cut Hillian's ties with a small knife and they both hopped on his back. They galloped off and were quickly out of sight as the road went back into the forest. I watched them disappear, then turned to see the torches getting closer. I could hear the sound of men now, the voices getting more excited as they approached. My lady wasn't wrong. Whoever was coming was not going to like finding William dead on a desolated road. And the manner in which he died was a little unnerving. I would need to stall them long enough for Seth and her to get away. The longer I took, the more distance they could put between them and whoever this was. I would have some explaining to do. If they didn't hang me first... Thank you for joining me on this episode of A Cry in the Moon's Light. Original music by Joseph McDade. You can support the show by making a donation to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Alan McGill. Our creative spotlight is the Writing Community Chat Show podcast for their support of A Cry in the Moon's Light. The Writing Community Chat Show is a podcast that always has fascinating guests and interesting topics. They're a show that supports authors all over the globe, and their podcasts can be found anywhere podcasts are found. In the next chapter, an angry mob of townfolk from Marcel are making their way through the forest to kill the creature. With William's naked and bloody corpse lying alongside the forest road, Seth and Milady must flee. But the lead horse Arca was killed by the Black Wolf, preventing the carriage from making a quick escape. They decide to take Killian as the carriage driver stays behind to confront the mob. Will they escape the angry mob? Will Milady and Seth survive? Join us for the beginning 
of our three-part conclusion to A Cry in the Moon's Light. This podcast is the creation of Alan McGill. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.